This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. The following programme contains strong language and includes themes of suicide. Listener discretion is advised. and welcome to this series of three episodes where Dunedin-based writer Iona Winter will read a selection from her latest collection, Gaps in the Light. Skilled at giving voice to difficult topics, Iona's work is widely published and anthologised internationally. Gaps in the Light traverses lines between fiction and non-fiction, encouraging us to explore both our relationships with the world and ourselves. The music is by Reuben Winter. Forest Clearings Dear Eden, The oak, another bloody coloniser, still stands its ground in the garden. Secretly, I enjoy the swish of its leaves in the wind and how they drop every autumn to coat the clay below. You'll probably appreciate me telling you that the rako you planted are thriving. I can remember how tirelessly you worked, striving to restore the balance as if it was a kind of penance. I wonder what you were like as a younger person. I wish now I had my own version to reminisce over. You loved the whenua. It was your land theoretically, but we never spoke of this silent advantage should I ever decide to leave. I didn't think it would be the other way around. Is it you who follows me on my walks to the Moana, where I often stand aimlessly in the water and watch circles of seaweed enclose my feet, attempting to nourish me? When I see forked driftwood, I think of the journeys we had. And then Tafarimatia in my ears forces me to remember your confident embrace. Lately I've been waking up every morning at three to scribble things down. Six months on and the creative synapses have re-engaged, thank God. But our friends don't understand my ongoing need for solitude and it's not my bloody job to educate them either. Although, as you'll remember, I usually find myself explaining why. Did you know that the Fairco was twice the size of a moorpork? Stillness. In the stillness of collapse, I lie in the reeds and watch you backlit in the sunshine. Raindrops on eyelashes. I sense the ebb and flow of your tidal moons, always attuned. So when I swim back to the surface, my love remains seamless, 
in the space between Papatuanuku and Ranginui. Eden. There is no safety in forest clearings. The open spaces are unable to be filled. An unreachable portal between you and me. I don't know a way in, yet I have crouched here in your honour for fucking months waiting for clarity. Pine cones take two years to grow, but I can't tell you or ask if you already know. If I tripped on a tree root, would anyone notice? I've become like a drooping rimu struggling at the edge of a pine forest, limbs cast down seeking purchase. Who can I talk to? Not the people passing by on the track who don't know me. Not the birds that keep up their corridor above me, oblivious. Not the walnut tree that drops its nuts for the rats to gobble, because even they don't frighten me anymore. Did you always watch porn? Is that why your eyes sparkled with such ahi when you undressed me? All those years I thought it was me you wanted. Now I realise I understand nothing. I guess most people, including you, never look past the outsides of each other. I'm writing because there are words in me that must feel the air between lips and pen. Things I can no longer hold because they are crushing me beneath the intensity of what has been inexpressible. On the other hand, I may never finish this fucking letter. Was it your mission to find ways to shut me down? Like a bloody idiot, I refused to believe you'd ever do it again. You're still doing it. Assaulting me with that unseen fist of yours, it punches me in the chest, tapes my mouth shut and loosens my grip on reality. Like a weighted blanket so tightly woven, Marama can never get through it. No light. No answers, no replies to the incessant questions in my head. But the most disturbing thing is, nobody wants to speak about this shit. I try not to think of you, but it's impossible. I want to ask obvious questions like, why did you go? But the answer is easy, no riddle there. You left not me. Why couldn't you resolve your shit and the ongoing fight you so fiercely aligned yourself to? I realise now it was actually a war against yourself. No wonder you didn't love me back. So why the hell didn't I leave? All those times I wanted to after you'd hurt me. And then you chose ultimately to close your manawa to me. Christ, it pisses me off that you got out first. Top marks, asshole. You've left me with shitloads of space to try and make sense of it all. A nut in its shell. Fuck, I miss you. 
how your eyes burned when you loved me, laughter whenever you freed yourself enough to let go, and the curve of your spine, each vertebra aligned to my fingers. I miss you, my hand inside your palm, a nut in its shell, your pulse alongside my own, a divining rod to water, and the potential of your heart when it met mine in full. I miss how my passion and desire lit the kindling of your soul, and the hope that you'd deny me nothing, until you restrained yourself on repeat, and it aches in my bones still. Fuck, I missed you, long before you left. Eden, what other lies did you tell me? Emissions of details like the porn, the debt and your depression. Okay, the depression we both knew about, but I wasn't your bloody therapist. And I stopped trying to make sense of your random behaviour because it was too damn exhausting. You never wanted to talk about it anyway. God, I wish you'd been able to get over yourself and try to. I had no trouble seeing the darkness as it flitted around your edges with moth wings. And you hated seeing mine. Why the hell was that? Oh yeah, I see now. It was because it came too close to your own paru crap. The bank called again, said I have to do something soon about the bills. Their patience is wearing thin. The police called too, said the coroner report won't be through for months. There's a backlog of people who've done the same thing as you. The real estate people have been around, taken notes and left ideas for me to ponder. I've written litty poems, the fuck you kind, where the rawness of my mummy is out in the open, and then I feel guilty, rip them up and burn them. I wish I could still warm my hands between your welcoming thighs. I wish I could have said something else that morning. No point wishing, no way. You made the decision all by yourself. But there are days when I wish I could join you, because having to wade through this alone is excruciating. There's no reprieve and the layers are placed in intricate webs beneath my skin, entrenched in jagged rows. An alien landscape you, thankfully, will never know. But there are so many ways for me to re-know it. Without warning, they emerge in glistening shards. My heart, the deceptive bitch, keeps these things tightly closed in her fists until she decides, not I, when they are let loose. I can't predict their emergence or filter the intensity. I have so many questions, but there is an endless void where you once were. Funny how none of it matters anymore. Your unexpressed pain, my exhaustion, and the widening gap of avoided topics. Why do you walk so fast, you might ask, if you were here? 
It's so I know I'm alive and that my blood continues to pump unabated. When my thighs slam with the force of my feet on the whenua, I try to let it all go back into Papatuanuku. And it's because I know you lied when you said you were in love with me, just like people do to get you into bed. I said I'd do my best not to hurt you, kept myself in check. But this morning I wanted to walk into the sea and not come back. The urge to disappear matched the smallness in me. Laid bare, you took me apart. Dear Eden, I'm awake. The light of the moon glides across the bed covers, reaching her loving fingers towards me. I reach back and imagine the first birds calling to one another. I think of shag rings in the water and when they dive, and how the sight of a kiridu swooping skyward makes me want to weep. Why is it in moments of observation I can feel so much joy? It feels wrong, like mourning you should be an uninterrupted thing. I thought we'd be together at the end. All your potential was gone within a heartbeat, right along with the seasons of your bloody moods. What I feel in response is often nameless, any attempt to convey this via a translation from heart to chest to mouth to fingers to page seems bizarre. If I am honest, I know I will never be rid of it and that I must accept cohabitation with things tattooed within me. I despise. So many lies. Truths. This is wordless, there is no cure, and I must live with it. Eden, I needed you to stay, and for your gaze to remain loving. So when I rested my palm on the nape of your neck, and read the starburst lines around your closed eyes, I'd know you'd never have to run to be free. It will come as no surprise to you that I had to talk to your brother about it because, you know, he never shuts up when he's got his teeth into something important. Maybe you should go and sit down by the pond, he said. I didn't know why he said it. Not until I was able to breathe out. The fingers of ache had spread themselves wide over my heart an immaculate lacework binding. Once again, I'd been unaware of the sadness written upon me like a stain. I told him about the times when you distanced yourself and buggered off, how I never got used to the abruptness of it and the way it unsettled me to the point where I felt sharp cuts deep inside my chest. <laughs> 
You tested me all the time. Did you even know you were doing that? We know now it was about your sense of powerlessness. Your brother asked me, though, if you ever noticed mine. But I couldn't tell him about those times when you and I shared the fair two around our periphery and let go of everything except for the stick of kitty on kitty, breath and release. I miss the connection we had, lying in bed, spent. I accepted what you offered willingly, thinking if that's all you had to give, then I'd take it. Just like your ashes in my hands. From the window I can see birds beginning to nest in the bare-limbed trees, where sunrise paints them pink-orange. I am stretched constantly to face the fact that what you did was violent. I want to go outside to Yorako and let my hands run along their branches, heavy with last night's rain. There's a promise there, don't you think? Nests. I cradle my face, a sodden towel that hopes to contain drops spilling through fingers to slide down wrists into bent elbow nests. Te coca pods rattle the bird's silent afternoon sleep. 365 questions, one for each day multiplied by the years you were alive, equates to thousands of unanswerable things. Dear Eden, I've got this place to myself for two more weeks. The new owners are keen to get on with the task of settling in. Despite you leaving my forest floor littered with dead offerings, new growth has begun to push fronds up and roots down. And those pine needles that once smothered everything in me have decomposed. I wonder if you would applaud my courage in all this self-disclosure or wither in the face of it. I'm relieved you didn't kill yourself in the fuddy. It made it easier to stay. I know you can't waiata to me again. Both of us were silenced by what you did. But I'm unable to forget the goodness in you, the light in your eyes, and the lilt in your voice whenever you spoke my name. You left me cared for in the end, loved me as best you could. I only wish you had extended some aroha to yourself. I've often heard people talking about their exes in demonising ways. <laughs> you won't ever be able to do that to me. I hope that gives you a laugh. I can promise, though, I won't speak in harsh tones anymore when it comes to you. And I've decided I don't want your wandering wairua to follow me around now. I have to go this time, 
and leave you. The rustle of new leaves replicates the moana, and above it clouds resemble wind-blown sand. I close my eyes to the interwoven bird songs. A kiridu flapping in the canopy draws me inside the bush, where it is quieter, amongst supplejack twisted like barbed wire. Beside the trickle of stream over kohatu, I listen, while my wet feet deftly remove your weight from around my ankles. I will stay here until dusk, watching the flowers lean inwards on themselves as I did in our bed this past year, when tears came and I craved your stillness like a balm. I loved you profoundly, please remember that. But we no longer shelter one another, unlike the ferns and tree branch hollows. Ka tiaki ne, enough said, ki au, ki au, ki au demoi. Rest well, my beloved. A list of gifts. Sun on bare skin, your breath on my neck, the kahiri after rain, mud between toes, and your gaze when it lingered upon me. Ocean songs, shadow and light, the sensation of desire, and your voice invoking my name on a moonlit path. A shell in my palm, the brush of a manu wing, jasmine and flower, the weight of blankets, and your capacity to trust. The arch of an uenuku, Seedlings and tiny crevices, your expansive mind, fine mists, and the aroha inscribed in me. You've been listening to an episode from Gaps in the Light, a selection of writing by Iona Winter. A podcast of this episode and others from the series can be found at oar. Gaps in the Light is available in bookshops, libraries and from ad hoc fiction. For other books and writing by Iona, go to ionawinter.wordpress.com. If this program has raised issues and made you worry about your or someone else's mental health, here are some ways to get help. 
the best person to talk to is your GP or local mental health provider. However, if you or someone else is in danger or endangering others, call 111. If you need to talk to someone, the following free helplines operate 24-7. 1737-NEED-TO-TALK, call or text 1737. Lifeline 0800 543 354. Youthline 0800 3766 33 or text 234 between 8am or midnight. Depression Helpline 0800 111 757. Samaritans 0800 726666. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.